Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Well, good morning. Thank you. This is a special week here at College Street because we are celebrating Mother's Day. We are celebrating you, mamas. We are so incredibly thankful for you. And something special about this house is, if you have given birth to a baby, we celebrate you. Because that is really hard work. And we acknowledge that, and I know that. (laughs) But you grow this baby inside of you, and it's a journey. And then, whether you have medicine or not, Giving birth is a bit difficult. (laughs) And then keeping that baby alive can also sometimes be a bit difficult. And then raising them by the grace of God to be good humans (laughs) is also a thing. And so today we honor you. To start with those of you that have physically given birth to a baby, we honor you and that is amazing. Wilder, your mama is amazing. (laughs) But also on this day, we choose to honor every lady in this house and to really celebrate and honor the fact that God has given each one a mother's heart. And this is so important, even as we're in this Yo Mama series, where we're learning about what the heart of God looks like working through the church, remembering that our goal here is to build each other up, to not only say that we're a place where people matter, but to walk that out consistently. Being a church where we come together, we gather together, but we also walk alongside, we support each other, we nurture and we fight for unity. That's a mother heart. That's connected to the heart of God. So to every nurturing warrior in the room, we celebrate you today. So let's give it up for our, our mamas. But moving right along here, I want to talk to you today about the story of Ruth. And honestly, this is not just a mother's story. In fact, it's mostly a daughter story. But there's some significant father and son and other people in the story too. So nobody tune out, all right? But our story begins in Ruth chapter 1, and in the message version, it starts with once upon a time, which I thought was awesome. (laughs) So we're going to read that. So let's just settle in. We're going to read a bunch of verses, so just settle in and read with me here. So once upon a time, back in the days when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem which ironically means place of bread, but in Judah, left home to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, his sons were Malon and Kilion, all Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They all went to the country of Moab and settled there. Elimelech died and Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpah and the second Ruth. 
They lived there in Moab for the next 10 years. But then the two brothers, Malon and Kilion, died. Now the woman was left without either her young men or her husband. Just think about that for a second. I just read it nice and smooth. But this mama, her husband and her two sons died in a foreign land. It's kind of not like light material. Have you ever watched a movie where the opening scene just sort of leaves you speechless and you're like, what just happened? (laughs) That's exactly what we just experienced. So where do you go from there? Goes on to say, one day she got herself together. That's what mamas do. She and her two daughters-in-law to leave the country of Moab and set out for home. She had heard that God had been pleased to visit his people and give them food. And so she started out from the place she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law with her, on the road back to the land of Judah. After a short while on the road, Naomi told her daughters-in-law, Go back. Go home and live with your mothers. And may God treat you graciously as you treated your deceased husbands and me. May God give you each a new home and a new husband. And she kissed them and they cried openly. Okay, let's stop here for a bit. So I've read Ruth many times and heard the story of Ruth many times. But I always kind of pictured that Naomi like tried to leave Moab without them in the first place. But the scriptures say that they all packed their bags and they headed down the road before Naomi starts urging them to go back. Just kind of an interesting point there. But it might be kind of like when you go and start out on a road trip with your family and the further you travel, a couple hours in, and everyone starts fighting, and dad says, don't make me turn this car around. (laughs) But I wondered if, you know, as Naomi traveled, and she thought about going home a lot emptier than the way she left. But if she might have just kept thinking the more reasons that the girls just shouldn't come with her. They're determined to stay So Naomi, she's not in the best place. Fair enough. She kicks up her argument a notch. And she says to the girls, you're only with me because I'm your only hope for a new husband. And then she says, even if I got married tonight and conceived another son, are you going to wait 20 years? Like, it's also kind of (laughs) weird. True, right? Your best bets to cut me and your losses, go back to Moab, find a husband your own age, just go. And in case you didn't notice, the Lord has turned against me. Fair enough. I think I would probably feel the same way. I get mad at God over far less. You know? (laughs) You know, where are you? I need your help with this tiny little problem. You know? It's important for us to remember that scripture often and poignantly reminds us that there will be weeping in this life. But I want to chat about today the direction in which we weep matters. That's my first point today. Weep forward. Ruth responds to Naomi's depressing statements with this. Don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. And where you live, I'll live. 
Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried. So help me God, not even death itself is going to come between us. She doesn't leave too much room for argument. But this is the first time in the story that Ruth really speaks up, that it's recorded. And I love that Ruth, you know, it's beautiful and it's respectful, but she's also strong. There's a strength in her words. It says, don't force me to leave you. And in another translation, it actually says, enough already. She wiped her tears, got a little aggressive, kindly stopping her mother-in-law's continuous and depressing statements. She had finally had enough. And you know what? It's not the worst place to be, as it can force us to actually deal with the issue at hand. The other thing Ruth's speech does is it uncovers an incredible treasure in our reading. And that's our second point, the power of the spoken word. There's something so incredibly powerful that happens when we read the word of God and when we pray the word of God out loud. And Ruth's words, they've been read at a million weddings and printed on a bunch of Hallmark cards. You know, they've graced relationships since the day Ruth spoke them. And we quote her words in the context of loving friendships and brides and grooms who are so in love. But the truth about this famous speech was it was spoken amidst loss, a big loss and hardship and weeping and in the face of bitterness. And Ruth's words didn't usher in a honeymoon, but a permanent home in a foreign land. And that brings me to my last point. I know we're flying through, but we're not in a rush at the same time. My last point is placed on purpose. A little while ago, I heard the word placed in just a quick snippet of a devotional, and it just kind of grabbed me. And the devotion went on to talk about interruption. And it went on to say that roughly half of Jesus' miracles were interruptions. He had a plan. He had a destination, but he was interruptible. And it just got me thinking about how often do we miss what God is doing because we're not interruptible. We're holding too tightly to our own plans. I know for myself, in my own life, I've come to recognize when God is trying to interrupt me. When multiple things stack up to blow my day completely off course, I'm learning to lean in and say, okay, God, what are you trying to do? I'm listening. There's a lady in this room whose life has been interrupted more than once for sure. Probably more than one lady. But one of those times it led her here to Chilliwack. And while little did she know that we had also moved here and were part of something new and exciting that God was doing in this house. So God brings her here. And I told her from the beginning, she knows who she is, that we didn't actually invite her. <laughs> but she got plopped by God on purpose. <laughs> and it's been our joke every time Pastor Matt says, most of us are here because someone invited us. <laughs> but I want to rephrase that today, Kelsey, and for anybody else in this room that this applies. But you are placed in this family, and you know. <laughs> on purpose for a purpose and God has a plan that involves you 
So some final thoughts about Ruth now before we move on. But if we think of the church as the bride of Christ, or your mama, could we say that we're as committed to the church as Ruth was to Naomi? That might be a big jump, hey? That we're committed to the bride when it hurts? When we feel like maybe there's been too much loss or too much change, will we stay the course? What if we don't like the person we're traveling with? I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess that Naomi wasn't the best company. (laughs) She literally renamed herself Bitter. Have you ever traveled with a person who's always negative? A pastor friend of mine posted earlier this week about church. She said, church is amazing because we can't choose everybody we walk with. And that's where the beauty lies. I was like, yeah, that's good. It's not always comfortable. It's not always what we prefer, but there's much beauty. If I'm honest today, I struggled to neatly sum up Ruth's story. The more I studied and the more I read, the more layers grew. And I was like, where, which, what, which one? There's so much. There's so much about the gospel and there's so much about redemption. And this is just Ruth 1. God redeems so much in her life and blesses her so much for so many of her um, attributes. And it's beautiful. And I want you to go home and I want you to read it for yourself. The whole book's only four chapters. I want you to go to a connect group and I hope you'll dig it out. But for today, we're going to land on a prayer. And it goes like this. If you want to close your eyes, I'm just going to read it. It's just short. Lord, show me how to weep forward, to acknowledge pain or hardship, and yet still keep my commitments to you. Help me to keep walking, to keep working hard, to keep trusting. Help me use my voice to speak the truth of your word out loud in conversation and in prayer into all of life's situations. Lord, help me to walk into the room like you sent me there for a reason. I thank you that you have placed me carefully and in the right family on purpose and for a purpose far greater than I could ever imagine. Today's takeaway is just that. Weep forward, speak out loud, and know you've been placed. All right. Thanks, honey. Let's stand together. I want to spend just a couple of minutes in prayer this morning. Today is, is one of those days that can be loaded. And we might feel alone today. Maybe, maybe you might be alone today. But I want to remind you today that God is here. He's with us and he's faithful. Something we've been talking about in this house and in our leadership is, is the idea of not taking the dust from one situation, one town into another or one relationship into another. And I feel that today that we're not to take the dust from one Mother's Day into another. And we've just been really feeling that the atmosphere is ripe for miracles in this house and that God wants to heal those things that we know need healing. 
So let this be a brand new Mother's Day, whether you're a mother or a father or, or neither of those, whether you're a person who has some hurts in their family, whatever it is, God is in this place and He wants to meet you where you're at and He wants to heal whatever hurts and He wants to build your faith. I just want you to just, I mean, you can stretch out your hands, you can open your hands, but let's just receive from the Lord today. Just say, thank you, God. He knows, He knows what it is. Just believing that today's a new day, that we can let go, we can brush the dust off of the past and that we can move forward by the grace of God. Because He is so much more, more than the loss. He sees our loss and He can handle it. And He wants to redeem every part that's been lost. We thank you, Jesus. And I want to take a moment for anyone in the room or watching online that doesn't yet have a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you a moment in time to surrender your life to Him. And while we're all here praying, if you would say that you haven't yet given your life to Christ, but you want to, you know you need to focus on the inside, and you want what God has for you, then I want to lead you in a prayer today. A prayer saying that you're surrendering to Jesus today and to His plan for your life. You're saying that you know that you don't have all the answers, but you know that He does. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I want the whole church to pray along with us. Let's pray. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm far from you. I believe in Jesus who died on the cross for my sin and rose again that I might have new life. I choose today to follow you. Do what you will in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just keep our eyes closed for a minute. Just have the privacy of the moment. But if you're here today and that was your first time praying that prayer and committing your life to Jesus, it's pretty dark in here, but could you put your hand up, give me a thumbs up for a wave? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You can open your eyes. <laughs> here in this place, we believe in And every single week we do fill up the tank in faith that we're ready for anyone who wants to commit their life to God. And when we talk about baptism, it really just means to be submerged in water. And it represents that when Jesus went to the cross and he went to the grave, that he took all of our sins there and dealt with it. And then he rose from the, from the grave. And it's just a symbol of that but a symbol for us that we're raised to new life in Christ, that the old is gone and the new has come. And there's still sin in the world, but it does not have a hold on you. It does not have power over you. And so we're going to worship God together again. And during that time, both Matt and I will be here. And if you're here today, whether you're prepared to be baptized or not, we've got towels and clothes and all that, but we would love to do that for you today.
and let's just worship. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.